Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Welcome to episode 44 of Calm Words for Anxious Hearts, our COVID-19 podcast, and you're listening to part two in a four-part series we're doing on the theme of Advent. Last week, you may recall, we talked about the Gospel of Mark, and more specifically, the point of last week was that because our God and our King is coming, our job is to prepare a road for King Jesus in our heart as we await his arrival. And a word we often give to this process of heart preparation is spiritual formation. In fact, I love how our own Philip Turner puts it. Philip is a priest and theologian and author and former seminary dean, and of course he's married to our own Elizabeth Turner. But the way Philip likes to put it is that the church has a vocation to be a community in which Christ takes form, that this is our primary purpose, for Christ to take form in our midst. And that, my friends, is a message that is highly appropriate for Advent, that Christ is not just to be born in the world, although to be clear, that is certainly what we believe, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, but that just as Christ is to be born in the world, And just as Christ has been born in the world, so too, during Advent, we're reminded that Christ is to be born in our heart. Or as the great hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, puts it, Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And so this second birth, this interchange, is in part what we mean by spiritual formation. And so let me offer a practical definition of what spiritual formation is. Spiritual formation is the Spirit's work of forming Jesus Christ inside of us as individuals and as a community, which is our destiny as God's image bearers. That's it. That's my definition. Spiritual formation is about Christ being formed inside of us. Or as second century theologian Irenaeus put it, out of his boundless love, Christ became what we are so that we might become what he is. And I would say that far too often we forget the second part of the Advent message. God became man. That's the first part. But God became man for a purpose so that we might become more like God. That's the second part of the Advent message and what I want to reflect on today. But first, let me offer a reading from the beginning of Luke's Gospel. A reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. 
But she was perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Here ends the reading. Now, in a sense, today's gospel is about spiritual formation. It's all about Mary saying yes, about Mary saying yes to God who wants to form Jesus Christ inside of her, right? Now, again, to be clear, I'm not saying that this gospel I just read is merely a metaphor. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Of course it happened. But the point of my reflection today is that it happens, that as unique as Mary's supernatural conception was, it is at the same time a template for what's normative in the Christian life. And so as Jesus Christ was literally formed inside of Mary, the point of Advent is to have Jesus spiritually formed inside of us. And that's what spiritual formation is about. It's about us learning to say yes, like Mary did to a God who wants to form Jesus Christ deeper and deeper in the depths of our heart. And so what I see in this Advent passage is a reliable threefold pattern that can shed some light on how spiritual formation actually works, and that pattern can be stated as follows. God visits us, God favors us, and we respond by saying yes. God visits us, God favors us, we respond by saying yes. First, God visits us. God found his way to Mary. It was not Mary who found her way to God. And of course, the same is always true of us. You see, Christianity is not a set of teachings that will enable us to climb some ladder to visit God. No, it's a good news that God in Christ has climbed down the ladder to visit us. As the author of 1 John put it, And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. It is not we who visit God. It is always God who visits us. C.S. Lewis was once asked by a group of his colleagues at Oxford about the uniqueness of Christianity. All religions present ethical challenges. Other religions have stories of virgin births and miracles of God walking the earth. And so what, they wondered, makes Christianity distinct? What makes Christianity distinct? Lewis asked rhetorically before giving a one-word response. 
grace. Christianity is about grace. It is not about us trying harder. It's not about us doing better. It's not about us changing the world. It's about a God that freely chooses to visit us and heal us and save us. Christianity is about grace. God visits us. But second, God favors us. And trust me when I say there is nothing more difficult to believe than this, and yet there is nothing more necessary to believe than this, that God favors us. Or as Karl Barth put it, that God is for us in Jesus Christ. Now, this can be difficult to believe that God favors us because our hearts and often other people are always condemning us. We feel small and flawed and sinful and broken, and so we come to church and we hope that God will accept us. But the good news of the gospel is not that God accepts us. You know, I accept the fact that I have to pay taxes. I don't want to pay taxes, but I've got to. That's what it means to accept something. And far too often, I think, we assume that God feels the same way about us. You know, well, I I don't want to forgive them, but Jesus died, so I've got to. But notice, that is not what the angel tells Mary. Greetings, favored one. Don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Have you ever heard God say that to you? Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Brennan Manning is one of my favorite authors. He passed away in the last few years, but in one of his books, he tells a great story of an Irish priest, one of his friends who was walking along a village road when he stumbled upon a peasant. And this peasant was praying. He was very deep in prayer. And so the priest stops, and he was very impressed by this peasant. And he he says to him, you must be really close to God. And this is how that peasant responded to Brennan's friend who was a priest. I am close to God because God is so very fond of me. You see, this peasant knew what Mary did, that he had found favor with God, that God was very fond of him. And a question I want us to ask is, how sweet would our life be? How many of our so-called problems would just disappear if we only believed what this peasant did? If we believed what Mary knew, that God is fond of us, not that we're forgiven, not that we're accepted, not that we're tolerated, that's not enough but rather that we are all the apple of God's eye. And so does the God that we imagine only favor the right, the respectable, the religious, and the rule keepers? Because God's intention in visiting someone like Mary was to demolish that absurd idea. You see, in Mary's culture, no one was less favored than an unwed, childless teenage girl. And God came to her and said, Mary, I choose you. I favor you, not because you're good, but because I'm good, not because you're worthy, but rather because the Most High is pleased to overshadow you and Christ will form within you, and that, my choice of you, will make you worthy. And God has made the same choice over your life. God doesn't just accept us. In Christ, God favors us. God loves us. He dotes on us. He embraces us. God calls us son. God calls us daughter. There is nothing more difficult to believe 
but there's also nothing more necessary to believe than this, that we, you, us, that we have found favor with God. This is crucial if we are to be formed spiritually as little Christs. Now, to the extent that we know that God favors us, we then respond by saying yes. It's not just enough to know something. We must offer our yes as Mary did. You see, a mature Christian is someone who lives his or her life with Mary's words carved in their heart. Here I am, the servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. Thy will be done. And the spiritual word for this is submission. Submission begins the moment we acknowledge that God is incredibly invested in how we live, that our need to control things never turns out well, and that whenever God forbids us to take the forbidden fruit, it's always because God wants us to be happy, and that the only way to truly find our life is by losing it. You see, what Mary did in today's gospel is something God asks every single one of us to do on a daily basis, to say yes to God's will in our life. This is how C.S. Lewis puts it in Mere Christianity, and I quote, The first job each morning consists simply in shoving all your hopes and wishes for the day back and listening to that other voice. We can only do it for a few moments at first, but from those moments a new sort of life will be spreading through our system because we are now letting Christ work inside of us. It is the difference between paint, which is merely laid on the surface, and a dye that soaks all the way through. In other words, when I use that word submission, and I could have chosen a different word like relinquishment or acceptance, but whenever I use this word, all I'm really talking about is a posture of heart that says yes to God, not with our lips, but with the fullness of our life. And so, for example, every time we sincerely pray or read scripture or sit in contemplative silence, that act can be a way that we submit to God. Every time we feed the poor or befriend the friendless or greet the stranger, we can submit to God. Every time we choose to refrain from judging, when we show others mercy, when we choose to forgive someone who's hurt us, we are in that moment submitting to the will of God. And we do this not in the hope that God will favor us. Like, if we get really good at submission, then God will favor us. No, we don't submit to God in the hope that we'll find favor, but in the knowledge that in Christ, God already favors us and that God has and will for all eternity because God is incredibly fond of us all. It's like Irenaeus said, God became like us for one purpose only, so that we could become more like him. You see, what happened to Mary in the physical sense must happen to each of us in the spiritual sense. There has to be a supernatural conception. Christ himself must grow inside of us. The goal is to be able to say with St. Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Because there is a difference between us trying to climb the ladder to be with God and us knowing that God climbed down to be with us. 
a difference between trying to earn God's favor and knowing that we already have it, and a difference between controlling every aspect of our experience, which leads to death, and submitting to the loving, compassionate will of God, which leads to life. There is a difference between paint, which is merely laid on the surface, and a dye that soaks all the way through. The point of our faith is to have Jesus Christ soak all the way through. We are to be a community, and we are to be individuals where Christ takes form. A supernatural conception. It still happens. Mary said yes. The question I leave us with today is, will we? Let us pray. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.